you And when I defang the viper Trust me, ain't gonna come from nowhere Jeff, I already put you out I don't even know why you're out here right now Keep on talking Hey, hey, hey do me a favor Why don't you act like this is an AA meeting And you shut your mouth while I'm sharing with the group And Mustafa, you out here A boy of one man And I'm gonna tell you what you got lucky at the Rumble, so I know you're gonna come out here and run your mouth about how bad you are. But let me give you a little bit of a reality check. You see, Mustafa, you said that my eyes don't lie. Well, your eyes don't lie either, because last week, they were closed real tight when I put your simple ass to sleep. And AJ, hey man, be honest with me. How's our old girl Wendy doing? Welcome in to the Clark Street Wrestling Podcast. I am Hafiz, and with me as always is Devin. Uh, Devin, how we doing, man? We've been having some technical difficulties, but uh, I think we got it now. How are how we, we doing over there? All right. I hope we got it <laughs> because I'm guessing the wrestling guys, as I, t- as I was joking with you last night, didn't want us to talk or recap about what was going on in SmackDown and Raw, or maybe Stomping Grounds, because... Man, the technical technical difficulties we was having was crazy, man. So we actually tried to. This is this, we're recording this right now on Thursday. We tried to record this yesterday, yeah. and right, you know, two. we this is this is take two basically. Um, just everything that could have happened, that you know, that just the uh, mic situation and then weather situation. Uh, for you out there, just you know, you you had like a flood warning or something going on, and flood then power went out. And a power app, yeah. power outage, yeah. So yeah, we we tried to fight through it, but at the end of the day, it was just like, all right, maybe maybe this is a sign that we should just <laughs> like pause on this for now, you know, take right. care of real life, and then you know come back to to wrestle the next day. So here we are. Yeah, man. So here we are, ready to rock and roll. So listeners, uh, I am using the backup mic, so so bear with me, you know. So this is all in the process. I'm glad I did have a backup, but uh, I should be rock and rolling in a couple of weeks. So for right now, it is what it is. We'll get there. We'll get there. But let that not that won't stop us from basically giving you the rundown. We're gonna give you a rundown of stomping grounds, the raw after, the smackdown after, and NXT. Uh, those will be in four separate parts up on the page when you go to Clark Street Wrestling Podcast. So without further ado, we're gonna start the stomping grounds uh, recap. Um, and we're gonna start off with talking about the pre-show a little bit for stomping grounds. So um, in the pre-show, they had a Cruiserweight Championship match, the 205 Live Championship, uh, with Drew Gulak, Tony Nese, and Akira Tozawa going going against each other in a triple threat matchup. Um, now, it's funny because at the time of taping yesterday, uh, I hadn't actually seen the match uh, yet. So this actually gave me an opportunity to go back and try to watch it. Uh, Devin, I know like due to circumstances, you still weren't able to see it. So I'll just you know briefly just give my, my take on it. Um, overall... I thought it was a great match. Uh, the crowd actually was really into it. Uh, the crowd up in Washington State was uh, in it from the beginning. You know, they gave each guy a pretty good ovation. I mean, Okira Tozawa got the best ovation. He was definitely the fan favorite. Uh, Drew Gulak got the mixture of cheers and boos. Uh, you know, he's the, he's the true heel of the matchup. And uh, Tony Nese, you know, got a decent ovation, ovation in the beginning. Um, overall, all three guys I felt like showcased, you know, a lot of what makes them what they are. You know, Drew Gulak had a lot of great uh technical moves and mat wrestling and and uh akira tozawa was was great like just as a high flyer and um 
you know, basically, and Tony Nese did what Tony Nese does. You know, he's a big dude that's able to showcase power, speed, athleticism, top rope moves, all three of them. I thought this was a good showcase for all three guys. Um, no one came out of, came out of it looking bad. Um, it was an interesting spot where all three guys had each other pinned at one point. Um, it was like a German suplex into like another uh, pinning combination. So all three guys literally were wrapped up at the same time, which was kind of cool. Um, the ending, uh, Drew Gulag did his uh, torture rack neck breaker um, to get the pinfall on Akira Tozawa. Uh, so, you know, clean finish for him. Uh, and a great showing. I thought I was happy for Drew Gulak. Uh, again, he is the heel in this matchup, but just just seeing all the work that he's put in from the beginning for 205 Live, and he's actually done had some matches even on NXT. Um, you know, yeah. he's been one of the highlights for 205 Live for a while. He got some, he got some good work, and you know, he's I think his his whole monarch is being a whole submission specialist, but him to win like that too was cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was I was I guess I was half expecting maybe there would be some kind of submission victory for him in some way, right. but it was cool for him to, you know, hit that that torture right into the neckbreaker, you know, nice little finisher for him. Um gives him more more moves to be able to use, more variety. So I think it it, it makes him like I'm I'm excited to see actually, you know, like his following matchups and if he incorporates that more um you know, with uh, the other guys there, Akira Tozawa, you know, he's, he's like I said, the reception for him was the best. Um, I could definitely see uh, Akira Tozawa versus Drew Gulak uh, rematch. Tony Nese in this matchup, I think he, he looked good. And he was the champion and you would think there'd be a rematch uh, pretty soon too, but I'm actually more interested in seeing Akira Tozawa versus Drew Gulak. Um, the way they got to this matchup, uh, the, there was actually a double pin between those two guys, between Gulak and Akira Tozawa, which led to to them deciding, hey, instead of having Gulak and Tozawa one on one, just put them both in the match with Tony Nese as a triple threat. So I I feel like the the interest may be more in seeing you know Gulak and Tozawa, even though Gulak got the pin yeah, on Tozawa. Okay. Um, I feel like that rivalry between those two is kind of more interesting. Uh, Tony Nese wasn't involved in the pin, but I really didn't care. I was just like, you know, it, it was what it was. He lost, and his he wasn't he really wasn't doing anything with that with that title man and he with 205 i don't know man it's seen ever since buddy murphy left and then he took over when he he was the champion I, I don't know man it seemed like he was just quiet in the background well they made a mention they said um you know this was gonna be a, a test or show of of his leadership like he was this was basically a proving type of match for him where you mm -hmm. know if if basically him winning this matchup would have kind of solidified him as the new leader of 205 live they said that up front in the, in the beginning of the match and he didn't win. So I'm like, well, you know, that's kind of telling right there to, to set it up that way. And then to have him lose. I'm like, well, you, you're basically telling us that he's not there yet. You know, and that's fine. I think that's true. You know, I think they're all acknowledging that. And, and Gulak yeah. definitely, I think it's it's give him a chance to, to see. Exactly. If he can Let me it. see what he can do. Yeah. Yeah. And Akira Tozawa, I feel like, is a better face, too, between him and Tony Nese. You know, I'm more, you know, entertained by Tozawa. You know, his, his uh, like, ah, ah, chance, you know, that he'll do, yeah. you know, it gets the crowd engaged, um, you know, just, uh, just, he's just a better overall uh, character yeah. um, that's just more fun to watch. So, yeah, no, but Tony, I think he could be, you know, a, uh, a big part of 205 Live still. I think he has still room to grow, you know, maybe if he's on a team, you know, he was not a team with Buddy Murphy for a little Buddy bit Murphy. and with Drew right. Gulak for a while too. Yep. So, yep. you know, I think maybe he's better in those situations versus being on his own. 
Um, and to continue to develop while well in a team, um, I think would be probably the next best step for yeah. him. So maybe uh maybe a heel persona too. When he was a heel, it seemed like that suited his character. Uh and then when they switched him to face, I don't know, it kind of like it, it wasn't uh, it just wasn't wasn't resonating with me. Yeah, I could I could I, I agree with you that I think a heel turn for him might be a right way to go because it was a better character, but I don't know. I wasn't that interested either way in, in his character. I just feel like there needs to be more development period. Like he just needs yeah. to have more to his character either as a heel or a face. Um, but, but definitely between the two, it seemed like, yeah, he was, it seemed more natural maybe for him as a heel, you know, like point to his abs, count his abs out and kind of rubbing it in yeah. people's faces. Like how much exactly. more kind of one, is. two, one, two, one, two. <laughs> right, right. Like that, that's definitely a heel move. So, you know, I think that, that you you're right in that, that it's a better, it's more natural for him, a better fit for him. But I think overall, just, they need to add more to his character just to make him more interesting. Yeah, I totally agree, man. I think, uh, with him being a heel, I think he'll have more range and maybe he, he can, grow and improve and you know put more you know meat on that plate for his character i think and uh it'll d- definitely like you said we're going the right direction i think he was on to something with that that whole heel and just being so in love with his body just counting the abs in the background doing when somebody's doing a promo you just see him in the background just nonchalant counting, counting his abs that to me that was that was you know that was on to something yeah, it, it's it's a start, you know, it's a piece, you know, like yeah. and and he just needs to keep building his character, just keep yep. building it out, fleshing it out more and more. And I think he can he's he's definitely got potential. He's got the physical tools, you know, he's got oh, the, just the, the um, running niece, you know, I think is a, is a fun yeah. move to watch, you know, and just he's so strong and powerful, like he's just capable of so much in the ring. You know, he's just definitely going to ring. He just needed to develop that more character. His, his character. Yeah, because yeah. he, he yep. besides that, like there's so many people that can that can do that can go right now in the WWE that it's not enough to just be, you know, a, a great wrestler in some cases, you know, to, to stand out amongst all of the other guys yeah. that are there, yep. you know, like that next step for him for sure seems to be, you know, just building up his, his persona more. Um, and, and let's see what he's like on the mic, you know, have him cut some more promos and, and just like continue to build that. Cause he's got, he's got the wrestling part down that, that part isn't, isn't too challenging. It won't be a, a challenge for him. It's, it's more, the the persona now like him building up that character yeah man i think he'll get there too man just you know put a little bit more work on it yeah but shout out to to drew gulak hopefully we get a powerful uh, presentation yeah. on oh, you know <laughs> what, what his new uh direction for 205 live will be as his new leader and all that you know i'm all for that if he wants to bring those back we're gonna bring the drew gulak powerpoint presentations man um, you know what when when they was introducing 205 on, on monday night raw i was looking forward to those powerpoint presentations it seemed like the crowd was eating it up too right yeah it, it was it, it was funny because he would start it up and then they cut it off and then you know like someone would interrupt or whatever and yeah it, it's it's and you you're right i think the crowd you could hear it like they were there was a reaction period one it way was. or another there was it a reaction was. So, you know, for that, that was a cool touch. And I think bringing that back, um, you know, for his, you know, just to kind of use that to, to troll the fans a little bit or just, <laughs> or to troll the guys in the back a little bit and say, hey, this is what I expect of all of you, you know, and here's this presentation to, to illustrate exactly what, you know, my leadership <laughs> is going to be like. I think that'd be pretty cool. That'd be pretty how, cool. Right, how he's going to grow 205. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> 
Oh, man. So great, great match overall. Great start to the pay-per-view. Um, so the official start to the pay-per-view happened with the Raw Women's Championship matchup. Uh, Becky Lynch versus Lacey Evans. Um, this matchup overall I thought was a solid match. I enjoyed it. The finish was kind of, for me, the part where it kind of fell a little bit flat. Um, yeah. So at the end of it, basically, Becky Lynch went over. She ended up winning the matchup, which wasn't too much of a surprise to me. But the way she did it, yeah. Um, she put her in the she put Lacey Evans in the disarmor and Lacey Evans tapped out immediately, yes. which you know I'm like the quickness, yeah, the quickness, bro, yeah. Like soon as she just soon as she just basically touched her wrist, it was like I'm tapping. I mean, it was just shocking, like just just right away, like for for someone you've been building for so long, you know, to to lose like that. My expectation is okay, it's over. Like Lacey yeah. can't talk to her anymore. You tapped out immediately. I mean, the match itself probably went about, mm, what'd you say, like 10 minutes maybe? You know, was yeah. the actual match roughly around what that match felt like it went? So it wasn't too bad in terms of the length of the time, but the the finish, like anytime you just tap out immediately like that, it's just a weak look, you know? And like, you, you can't- Especially for her character when she's coming off as a strong woman. Yeah. And you tap like that, like, it wasn't even like you just- all right, I'm going to give it some time. Now I'm going to tap. It was immediately as soon as she got it in, like one second soon, she just pulled it in in that spot, you you tap. And, you know, they had built up, you know, she's a Marine, you know, and yeah. she's tough and all that. And then, like, the first time that it, that a submission move got locked in to her, she just <laughs> tapped just, just tap immediately. I'm like, okay, well, that's it. On to the next, I guess. Like, that right. should be it. Um, but now we know they're they're gonna drag this out a little bit more uh, from what we saw later yeah. on. Um, so I don't know. I'm not I'm not looking forward to what to another matchup with them, <laughs> even in this way that they're gonna try to do it, which I don't want to give it away yet. We're gonna get to that um to what happened in the main event. But uh Lacey, I feel like it, it was a it was a tough, tough shot to her run. You know, losing like that. If she would have yeah. at least taken a little bit more time, fought through it a little bit, you know, like had the crowd chanting. Right. The crowd didn't even get the chant for her to nah, tap. man. Like even the commentators could like, man, she she tried to stay in there, but in the end, she couldn't. Yeah, something like that. But no, no, she immediately tapped. Nothing. Immediately. Nothing. It's like you didn't even. If you blinked, you wouldn't even have known what had happened. Exactly. It's just like she, yeah. like like did I miss it? <laughs> you, yeah, some people may have. Some people might have had to rewind and be like, "Hold on, how did this end? What just happened?" Right. And so, right. yeah, just too bad because Lacey, I've been raving that I like. I like what she's doing with her character. I feel like she's just so just just dedicated to this character that she's building. And you yeah. know, I believe like like there's a point to where a person when they're when they're acting like you just believe that they are that character, right? And Lacey, I feel like is is definitely doing that. Like she. For me, when I see her, it's like if I saw her on the street, I would think of her as that character. Like I'd expect yeah. her to pull out that little, you know, handkerchief or whatever and like fan herself off and, exactly. you know, have that persona outside. So that's just a testament to, to how great a, a job she's doing in, 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 in just investing in this character. So for all of that work she's put in, for it to culminate in a loss, the way she lost, you can lose, but the way you lose, it, it can really hurt. So, yeah, yeah that. Her stock definitely went down because of that, man. Like, even the match itself, I'm going to be real, man. I wasn't really feeling the match because it seemed like their timing was off. Like, it was, okay. it just felt a, li a little bit disjointed. So I was like, I don't know. And I, even I was hearing Becky calling out moves. Like, mm. it was just, yeah. 
I think when they was locked up and she said, I think she hit her in the corner. She said, like, I don't know. I don't know. It's the exact verbiage. I'm just paraphrasing. Yeah. She, she just said something like, come back. And I, and there it is. You see the move. Like, I, I heard it clear as day. But in, it's still like, it, it just seemed like their chemistry was off. And then we get that lackluster finish. It, it was just, I, I, I it didn't. That booking did not make sense to me. Like, I don't know who booked that match. You totally did a disservice to Lacey Evans. Like, you book her to make like, like the strong heel who can who can take care of herself. Like, you you didn't book her as this sneaky heel, you know, who's not strong, but but definitely has the smarts that can outwit you. Something like Alexa Bliss. You could believe mm. something like that. You mm-hmm. know, if she was a tap like that, whatever. I can I can believe that. You know. But with her, it's like, like you said, like you're from you're from the military. You have a military background. You're independent. You're an independent single mom too. At that, like, what the hell? Right. Like I, I was just like, if like you said, if you would have blinked, if you even if you would have looked on your phone on Twitter for a second, you missed it. You would have missed it. You'd have missed yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't notice some of the things that you noticed in terms of like the timing being off and, and them calling out moves, but that's just kind of adds to, you know, the narrative of just the way that this overall felt like, you know, for me, I actually was okay with it until the very end, you know, mm-hmm. but for, for you and others that also caught some of those other, you know, hiccups in the matchup, it's only worse. So, you know, that yeah. that's, that's unfortunate because again, Lacey, I felt like was on like I, I'm to be honest, I'm more at, before this match had happened, even though I wasn't surprised that Becky won. And I, I, I was thinking Becky was going to win this matchup. Of like, course, I, I actually was kind of pulling for maybe Lacey to to win or just in general looking forward more to a Lacey Evans run now than even Becky Lynch continuing on retaining and keeping the status quo going the way it is because Becky's run right now has been, you know, not what it was before. And I feel like something needs to happen in order to make it interesting again. And one way to do that, I would, I would have thought would be, Hey, put the belt on Lacey, trying to build up Lacey and have Becky be on that road again to trying to yeah. reclaim the title. Could, build, could be a spark. rivalry between these yeah. two. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, for me, I, I was, I was hoping for that, but now looking at it, I'm kind of, I, I don't see it. Like, I don't know that, that I don't even really want to see them go against each other anymore. I just want Becky to find a new opponent to be able to go against versus going against Lacey again. Um, but, you know, I guess we're going to have to wait a while for that because it's we're definitely going to get another type of matchup yeah, with those two we against are. each other. But we, we are. Again, we'll, we'll, we'll get, get there. there. We'll get there. <laughs> we, <Yep>. we'll get. <laughs> All right. So the, the next matchup that happened was a, a kind of a rivalry matchup. Uh, no belts on the line. But it was Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn versus Big E and Xavier Woods. Uh, now, why don't you start us off with this one? What were your thoughts on this match? I love this tag tag team match, man. It seemed like the tag team got got showcased, you know, for this pay per view. The tag team definitely stood out. The tag team match definitely stood out in this pay per view. But the first tag team match between the New Day and Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, dude, how they just started off from jumping just. Uh, what did he get hit with a Luva kick first? A Luva kick? Yeah. Well, I think it was like Kevin Owens had taken out Big E, and then yeah. they were just super kicking the hell out of uh, uh, Xavier Woods. And yeah, it, it, the Luva kick came later. It was more just like super kick, super kick. Super, and yeah. That's Kevin right. Owens super went kick. to the top and hit the frog splash. Oh and my god! It was yeah. just they were trying to get that quick. And like, that was a nasty looking frog splash. Yeah. Man, he looked at like 
visually it looked i'm like oh my god yeah man, i couldn't take that bump <laughs> <laughs> yeah man i mean kevin though for me that kind of was like i was so hyped about what i was seeing from kevin because we we i don't know just kevin's one of those guys like i just really respect him a lot the wrestling yeah. ability and to see him kind of go off like that and just almost destroy xavier woods in the beginning i was like yeah this is what should happen you know exactly. no respect no disrespect to xavier but xavier versus kevin owens one-on-one i feel like he's not on that level with being able to 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 kevin owens should be able to do that to xavier and i wouldn't believe it the other way around but kevin just saying you know what bump this i'm gonna go ahead and try to take this dude out immediately (laughs) he would have the skill set to be able to do it like if he would have hit him with a stunner at the end of it and just just like like biggie would have never been able to get in the match I would have believed it would have been shocking, yeah. and I, I would have been, been shocked. I would have been like, "Oh my god, I can't right. believe he did this!" But I'm like, "Hey, I'm down for it. I'm though. down for it. Right. <laughs> I'm down exactly. for this ride. Hell yeah, man! <laughs> oh, but still, even even Kevin Owens still got the pin. He he gave, you know, uh, Xavier Woods a hell of a stunner. Yeah, Xavier Woods sold the hell of sold it. Gave yeah. him more of a a Scott Hall bounce to it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know awesome. what I'm saying? Paying some homage to, to Scott Hall for that yes. sale. And, and got the one, two, three, man. I was, I, that was, yeah, I'll I probably say that was like my second favorite match. Yeah, it was, it was fun. It was fun. And, you know, in the beginning too, just to kind of give it a little bit more, um, a little bit more context for the length of the matchup. So, uh, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn basically jumped on Xavier Woods and took Big E um, out of the matchup for a good portion of it. Big E would eventually come into the match and, you know, they would kind of have a moment where you thought, okay, maybe the New Day is going to come around and win this matchup. And yet it, it actually didn't happen. You know, Kevin Owens did get the pinfall at the end. So I thought it was just a, a nicely booked matchup where, again, you, they they had Kevin Owens just kind of come out the gates like just just – just ready to end this match quickly. Yeah. Uh, both guys just did not hesitate to use their big moves. Blue Thunderbomb from, from Dude, Sami Zayn. It was uh, like Hal- two and a half minute. Xavier Woods got his ass whooped. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but what was good, too, is that Xavier kind of hung in there. You know? He so did. He it, did. It made him look like this kind of very resilient guy who's who can take a lot of damage, even though yeah. he, he was getting this flurry and he was getting destroyed. But he was very resilient in it, so that was cool. And I think it kept the crowd uh, kind of on their toes with it because it felt like a finish was coming, and then it didn't happen. And then Biggie, you could see him on the on the ropes, like just when he finally did get back up to his feet, like he was pissed, and he had that like you know comeback type of moment moment where he tagged in, he got the hot tag, and he had yep. you know he had his little his little uh, back and forth with with both Sammy and Kevin. Uh, but at the end of it, I was really happy with with the way that they booked. Uh, Sammy and Kevin to win and go over in the matchup. Yeah. Like, I don't think it would. Right, right. I, they needed they needed this win. I think Kevin and Sammy needed this win. They you know, they, they've been doing some some great work on the mic, you know, but not so much in the ring prior to, to this matchup. And so for them to kind of remind everybody, like, hey, like, we're, we're two, like, like, of two guys that should be respected. And, yeah. you know, especially Kevin, like, you know, former champion, you know, constantly right. in the title picture. Like I think definitely it was a good it was a good move to kind of reassert him and yeah. then put Sammy in that same level, like, hey, these two guys should be respected and feared. So yeah, I thought that was cool. Yeah. So man, with Kevin Owens, man, that dude is the way they booked him, they made him look like a straight up G. The way he was whooping Xavier Woods ass 
and he got a strong win, <laughs> strong showcasing. With, with that, I, I love that finisher. I love his. I love that Stone Cold blessed this man with the Stone Cold Stunner. Yeah, if any wrestler deserves to have it. It's this man right here. <laughs> I mean, and, he's using and, it well. He's using it well. Yes, so, yes, yeah. yes. Right, right. And and so, um, hey, hey, Stone Cold, you have my blessing too, man. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, man. In in the end, man, it was a fun match, man. It was a fun match. I didn't. Honestly, I, I thought New Day would would get the win, just because you know of getting that brother from Kofi Kingston because he's on this incredible role. Yeah. So I thought maybe New Day would would get the win, but hey, you know Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn got the dub, and I'm fine with that. Yeah, I, I was thinking Kofi. You know, I was picking Kofi to win. And I was thinking, well, it makes sense for New Day to lose because again, it doesn't it doesn't really hurt them to lose and Sammy and, and Kevin just seemed like they they could use a win to really legitimize themselves some of themselves as like a a team to be feared and individuals to be feared on their respective brands. So it 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 fit now I, I would say that there was there was a moment in the match where I was kind of thinking mm, it looks like they may go the other way when uh-huh. that blitz happened at the beginning, you know, yep. and and Xavier kicked out of the first uh, couple pinfalls. I'm like, oh you know what? I think they're going to give this to the New Day because, you know, they, they, they New Day is just on such a run. You know, yep. maybe they just want to keep that going with all the members of the New Day. And they, yeah, that's, that's what back. I was thinking. Exactly. So, you know, but they, I guess just the thought of having, you know, the, the um, Kevin and Sammy kind of building up themselves now and New Day just still looking strong in this situation, even though they would take a loss. I felt, you know, they, I was glad that they ended up going that route and, and, and you know, helping the, that tag team versus continuing to. Because, again, Kofi, you know, with everything he's doing, you know, I feel like a win for him is a win for the New Day, right? And so yeah. the New Day winning that matchup, and it's not for a, a, a title, it's not for the tag team championships, it's not really going to do much for them as a, as a team. Like, exactly. You know, in terms of just positive. Like, it doesn't, it doesn't help them uh, much to win. It doesn't really hurt them to lose. It's just kind of like, hell, just yeah. just use this to put over Kevin and Sammy. And they did. So I was glad. And they did, man. And in the end, it was a, whoever booked this match, man, kudos because it, Xavier Woods was the right man to take the pin. Yeah. You know, he got worked in the beginning for like two and a half minutes straight. Yep. And he got pinned by a Stone Cold Stunner. So it made sense. Yeah. Yeah, man. So great match. Great match. A lot of fun on that one. Uh, the next match also, too, was a lot of fun. Ricochet and Samoa Joe for the United States Championship. Um, fun match. I was very shocked with the finish of the match. Me too. I would Me too. Say. Um, Samoa Joe basically just got this belt back, right? And I was I was kind of pissed off with the way that he had lost the match and the, lost the belt in the first place, the United States Championship. Yeah. Um, having lost to Rey Mysterio who he had destroyed at WrestleMania, right? Then he loses to Rey Mysterio at, uh, what was it, Money in the Bank? And then they they have this, like, he has to, Rey Mysterio had to drop the belt because of an injury, you know, which I felt like it was the right thing to do. One, because the way that the match finished was kind of botched, like Samoa Joe's shoulder was, was up anyway, you know? And two, yeah, Joe just, I felt like they shouldn't have booked Joe to lose that match anyway. Like, you have to keep building Joe. If he's going to be your destroyer, if he's going to be your, you know, a guy who you want to push as a legitimate heel, you know, for for Raw, you know, or for the WWE in general, 
Like, he can't be losing to Rey Mysterio, who doesn't need that victory anyway. So I felt like it was weird, and a wrong had been righted by him getting that belt back. Then you book him against Ricochet, and Ricochet's first, you know, championship matchup. Um, Ricochet, I feel like it, 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 sure, I could see how it helps Ricochet, but I don't think it would have hurt Ricochet to lose this matchup. Because, again, he's just so fresh to – to this is the first title opportunity, and it's Joe. You know, there would be no shame in losing to Joe. It, it, as a matter of fact, I think it's the reverse where the it does more harm to Joe to lose than for Ricochet to lose this matchup. You so know? did you want – so you wanted Joe to win? I wanted Joe to win. I was 100% okay. Joe. I was, so I was so when Ricochet lost, you – so basically you was like, what the hell? When – wait, when, when Ricochet lost? I mean, not Ricochet, when Ricochet won. When Ricochet won. Yeah, I was shocked. I was shocked. Now, I will say this, that I was happy for Ricochet just on a, like, I'm a fan of Ricochet. You know, I want to see Ricochet uh, do well in the company. So many NXT guys come up, and it's just, like, just just terrible. Like, the pushes have been really bad. It's just been, like, you know, really bad luck for a lot of guys coming up from NXT to to WWE. So I'm pulling for him. So I was, uh, on, on one hand, I was like, okay, I'm happy for Ricochet. But I felt more kind of frustrated with the fact that Joe is taking another loss now. Like, how many times is he going to take, you know, losses like this, but then you want to turn around and make it seem like he's just this this scary, you know, intimidating destroyer type character. He's not destroying anybody. Like, after matches, sure, you know, he's doing beatdowns post-match, but he's not dominating in the ring anymore, which is kind of like, Okay, like, yeah, I don't know. I just, I, I'm this. I think it's a bad move for Joe. You know, great move for for Ricochet because again, he's he's champion. Uh, is his career is 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 another stepping stone, you know, for him, which is great. But I, I think at the expense of Joe, I just didn't think it was a good idea. You know what? I actually agree with that because even when I was excited for Ricochet, but I was kind of confused. I was like. Well, it would have made more sense for Joe to win, you know, because like you said, he come off super strong. They build him as this this trash talker who who can who can talk a good game and back it up too in the ring. But yet, when it comes down to like these championship matches, he he is nowhere to be. Like he he might like he got the belt, but you don't know how to defend it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? When he when he killed that promo when he first got the belt and he killed that promo, like if anybody have the audacity to step to me, you know what I'm saying? Yep. And, like they're gonna basically, you know, I'm paraphrasing again, they're gonna basically get their ass whooped. Yeah. I was like, hell yeah, man. That's how you feel. That's what I'm talking about. And I'm like, now the way they booking him now, bro, I'm I'm just kind of confused. It's I'm like, like he's it's he, like you know what he is? He's Sasha Banks. Oh man, don't say that. He's bro. Sasha Banks right now. Is what it is. Oh, he, 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 you know, great on the mic. You know, you think, okay, this is gonna be like, you know, whenever they're talking about their matchup or build their matchup, you look at them as legitimate in ring. If they're champion, they can beat anybody. They'll retain. They'll have these long runs. But every championship match, when they're champion, they go in as champion, they yeah. lose. You know, or they just don't look great. It's just I don't know. It's just it's shocking to me. Like you say, like for for Joe to keep building uh the 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 story with joe is typically he's a great trash talker he can get personal with people he He can can. tell the crowd on on the fact that he's going to destroy this person he's going up against 
But when yeah. he gets to him in the ring, he, he actually isn't backing it up. Like, right, he barely man. ever backs up what he says. You know, so it just makes him seem kind of, like, fraudulent. Like, he's just all talk. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I'm like, what the hell? Like that's I'm not calling bullshit. Right. Exactly. <laughs> that's not what Joe should be. If you want me to, to take Joe seriously, he has to talk trash and back yeah. it up. He needs to Come go on, man. and actually whoop somebody. There's a reason why Samoa Joe opens our show. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In a minute, he might get replaced. And bro. that's what I'm saying. You know, yeah. like, we may need a new open because I don't know. Like, the trash talking is great, but if you're not going to back it up, then, you know, people are just not going to care. It's like it's all talk. You know, yeah, it's like it's, it's similar to how I feel, and we'll, we'll get to that, but it's how I feel about Drew McIntyre now. You know, it's like Whew. they have him talking a great game. You know, but then it's not backed up with anything. There's no, there's no nah. substance to it anymore. So it's just, can you even take that? Do you even care? You know, you're not worried for any anybody he goes up against because that it's like once it gets in the ring, all that is gone, all that bravado and everything. It doesn't mean anything, and he's just losing. Yeah. So and, I, and yeah, and, and Joe would get me excited about his promos because yeah, he'll sell you on it. Like man, I'm about to destroy. It. Whoever you put me in my face, I'm going to destroy him, you know, because he'll just attack you mentally, too, you know, go personal with your family, too. And, and you just believe him, man. He's just a great storyteller. But in the end, dude, you you know, like you said, he's, he's a fraud. Yeah. Right now, he's a fraud. Right. Like simple. He's a fraud. Yeah, man. man. Hey, man, we got to keep it real. Yeah, that's just what it is. <laughs> that's, that's, that's a picture that they painted for Samoa Joe right now. And yeah, man. They, they gotta flip that around because I don't care about post-match beatdowns. I don't care about jumping someone in the back or whatever, you know, like that doesn't mean anything. Yeah. When it comes to the actual match, you can't like Brock that that doesn't happen with Brock Lesnar. Like Brock Lesnar nah. will go in there and destroy somebody in the ring and retain and and like, yeah. it's, it's the opposite. He usually doesn't even do any trash talking. Yeah. Paul Heyman doing all this trash talking. His talking happens in the ring where he dominates you, you're like, damn, like this dude. As much as I may not like him, whatever, like I'm scared of any for anybody that has to go up against them because I'm thinking Brock Lesnar's gonna just whoop them and probably win this matchup, you know, with with ease. So you know, with Joe, it's like the opposite. Everything he does is is not is outside of the ring and in the ring. It's just like okay, he's just another dude. So yeah, yeah. just another dude. Man, I never I never thought I'd say that no. or hear that. About Samoa Joe. Well, it's the way he's being booked, right? Like, we've yeah. seen Joe be booked the other way, where he actually does back it up. Like, in NXT, yeah. he would back it up. You know, oh, against Ben Balor, yeah. against Shinsuke. And then some. Yeah, against Shinsuke Nakamura in NXT, he was the first person to beat Shinsuke Nakamura when he was undefeated. You know, yep. and like, like, Samoa Joe has, he's legit. He's in every, you know, company he's been in, you know, in, 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 uh, what, in TNA when I was watching him back in the day, like, Joe was legit, man, like going against AJ Styles and Christopher Daniels and all these other guys like, you know, you were afraid of Samoa Joe, you know, and and now it's just like, okay, like he can, he can, he's great on the mic, you know, he has a great presence, you know, he seems like a guy who should be in that, you know, WWE Championship, Universal Championship picture who you'd see as a legitimate, you know, threat to any champion, but now it's just like, it's just talk. It's just it's just all talk. It doesn't all matter. Talk. Yeah. That's like it like I'm gonna start getting I'm gonna start just expect to like, you know, from Samoa Joe, okay, he's gonna 
he's gonna talk, but you know, in the end, it's not gonna mean shit in the ring. Right. Right. It's like I, I'll believe it when I see it. Is kind of where yep. I'm at with with him and yeah. this next person that we're gonna talk to. Let's just transition straight into the other guy that I that I brought up. Uh, Roman Reigns versus Drew McIntyre. So Drew McIntyre, man, it's been a hell of a oh just my god, man, wild turn for him. Like pre WrestleMania, Drew McIntyre, you could argue was one of the top, if not the top heel, you know, on on Raw. And now it's just like he's Shane Stooge, and you know he'll he'll every <laughs> once in a while he'll get on the mic, similar to Joe. You know, he'll get on the mic and tell someone, and specifically in this situation, Roman Reigns, you know, I'm going to hurt you. I'm going to end your career, you know, yeah. like. And I'm going to maim you. you know, I'm going to maim you. I'm going to obliterate you, you know, and say these things. I'm going to physically disfigure you. Disfigure and, you. Know, yeah. But now it's like it, it, you, it doesn't carry any weight anymore. You know, he no. says it and then he gets in the ring and it's like. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> It's like, ah, uh, and this match was no different, man. And what really made it egregious, this one. You know, uh, let's go on and speak about it. I already know. Well, so him and Shane both. Basically, so Shane McMahon at at, um, at Super Showdown. Oh, Shane McMahon man, beat bro. Roman Reigns with Drew McIntyre's help. But he beat, he pinned Roman Reigns. Now we get to stomping grounds. And it's essentially the same thing. But this time it's Drew McIntyre that's the one that's having the match with them. And they're doing everything. Drew and Shane are doing everything to try to beat Roman Reigns. And it they just cannot do it. Roman Reigns ends up picking up the victory and winning. And I'm just I I, I was I was emotional when it happened. <laughs> you know, I just it was just like blank face. I just like I know I know what's coming. I know what's coming. Oh, here it comes. Man. Here comes the spear. There it is. One, two, three, done. Okay. You know what I'm saying? It was, it was like <laughs> I was just, I was just dejected. I'm like, I was, I was sad. I'm like, why, why is this going down the way it's going down? Like, why can't Drew McIntyre get this, this proper, you know, push to, you know, future WWE championship or universal championship? Why is he just this, he's, he's the third wheel in the Shane Roman Reigns feud which seems backwards. Like it just, yes. it should be the other way around where it Shane should. is this extra figurehead, you know, like yes. he's the, the Vince McMahon to like triple H basically, you know, again, yeah. Hulk Hogan or the rock. Like that's what he should be if anything. But in this storyline, he's triple H going against the rock. You know what I'm saying? Like he's the main villain and drew is, is just one of the stooges, you know, and it's crazy. So yeah, I was just, I was just, just disappointed uh dejected depressed you know for drew mcintyre like i i'm 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 such a fan of just what he was doing before all this you know in nxt in the beginning on on uh raw with him and dolph you know they were great looking tag team oh hell yeah yeah. like both of them they helped dolph tremendously and it was a great way to start off drew and to see it go this route i'm like man just the I, I don't get it. And it started with WrestleMania. It started with WrestleMania, him losing yep. to, to Roman Reigns. And we, we and you, and you predicted that, too. You predicted the finish. We knew. Because, yeah, I mean. No, it, I didn't know. <laughs> you you knew. You're talking about we knew. You knew. 
<laughs> I didn't know. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's just, it's, it's the WWE, you know, like pattern and the way they're going to do it in this WrestleMania. I know it's for the casual fans and they're trying to like, and Roman Reigns is coming back from cancer. So they're not going to give him that loss. So I just, I, I figured that was going to happen, but I hated to see it because of what it meant for Drew's career. It was just like the beginning of a downward spiral, basically. Cause now now I will. I was hoping, even predicting that that was going to happen at WrestleMania. I was hoping that after WrestleMania we would get back to building up Drew again. You know that yeah. that he's the chosen one still in Vince's eyes is what I thought. You know, and they would they would try to build him up to maybe next year WrestleMania he's main eventing as you know for the, for one of the titles. You know, and now he's a far cry from that man. Like I I don't know what they're planning for Drew. It feels like. They don't even know. Like, he's just there with, with Shane, you know, and, and, you know, just his bodyguard, basically, or I don't even know, man. Like, it depresses me to even talk about it. So I'm, I'm going to throw it off to you, man. What what are some some more of your thoughts on, on this matchup? What thoughts on this matchup? Because, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> man, it, it was, it just, it just pained me to see that our boy, Drew McIntyre, in this, in this role. And I'm thinking, I'm like, why does why does Drew need Shane help to fight Roman Reigns in this match? Because it just made him look weak from beginning to end, man. Because Shane is there helping him. He doesn't need his help. And he still loses. And he still loses, man. It, oh, it, it was all downhill, man. Yeah. It was like, come on. How, how do you mess this up? How do you mess this up? It is... It's so simple that it's staring right in your face and you mess it up. I don't know how to explain it. I really don't. I don't get it. I, I don't understand. You know, you it, it feels like Drew is tailor-made to be like one of their top heel champions. You know, you 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 go into going into SummerSlam, you would feel like he'd be ready for some kind of major feud. And now it's just I have no idea what what they're doing with him. You know, he takes this loss. To Roman Reigns, with the help of Shane, he finds a way still to lose this matchup. It just looks weak. He looks weak, and I just uh, they're 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 making it to where you just don't care. You know, again, similar to what we were saying earlier. You know, when it comes to Samoa Joe, like you just can't take him seriously now. Like he could say whatever he wants to say. He could be cut the the greatest promo in the world, but if he can't back it up in the ring and getting help. And still can't back it up. <laughs> what's, what are we doing? And what's the point? I'm not. I don't care. Yeah. Bring me somebody else, man. Because this this dude clearly can't do it. That's just where it's at. Yeah, man. It's it, it's just it's just so sad because I, I had so I had so high hopes for Drew. I'm like, oh man, the way they build him is perfect. This dude got a mean streak. All oh, the way he talk, he can back it up. He, he likes to talk. He likes to talk shit in the in the ring. Yep. Like, oh man, bro. But then this Shane McMahon entity that appeared <laughs> and and now has attached itself to Drew McIntyre. Oh my God. And for some reason made him a stooge. And it's just just sucking the life out of me right now because of this. Like, why? Why are we here? Yeah, and we'll we'll get uh, more into Shane's presence and how that's affecting everything. You know, when we're talking about Raw and SmackDown, because it, it's just a constant thing where you know every time he shows up, 
I'm just like, oh, God, here we go again, you know? Yeah. The best thing about Shane right now is when he makes the announcer say the best in the world and, like, corrects them and, like, pushes them to, to re-announce them again. Like, I still kind of enjoy that a little bit, but that's the where it ends, you know, for me. Yeah, that's the extent of it, too. Yep, me yeah. right there. That, that's a guilty pleasure. I call it. that a guilty pleasure. Absolutely. All right? Absolutely. <laughs> but after that, that's it. That I don't is, want any more of that. No, no. After that, I'm just like, all right, now you can go back, go, go back to the gorilla position and let the wrestlers do their thing out here. You know, I don't need to see you, you know, on all these shows and and sucking up all the airtime and, and being the focal point when, you know, clearly you have so many stars that could use this push. You don't need it. Are we building to you being WWE champion, universal champion? Like, why why are you taking up so much TV time? You know, and like taken away from Drew, taken away from Elias, taken away from other people that aren't even on television. You know, so yeah. but well, well, man. Well, speaking on that and taking away time from other superstars, let's talk about all right. Roman Reigns got the win. They start whooping his ass, and then what happens? Appears Undertaker. Oh well, like I said, we'll we'll get into that when we talk about Raw because that'll take us in a whole nother whole nother thing, yeah. but. Yeah, I, <laughs> that that to to briefly talk about that on this one. I mean, my thought on that is it, it's a move of desperation for sure. You know, because of some stuff going on with with ratings and you know and and attendance and all that. To have Undertaker be there, they figure he's the solution. He's the answer to that. You know, and again, you're taking away from having other like Bray Wyatt still hasn't showed up on television, right? Yeah. Still hasn't showed up, and you now seen, we're seeing Easter eggs of it. So, right, we're seeing little things here and there. Yeah, but, yeah. Come on, like you, you, I would have preferred that had been Bray Wyatt than that being the Undertaker being in there in that moment. You know, yes. and just there's so many other people. There's so many other names that you could have show up and debut to help out Roman Reigns to then give them a shot, give them a chance, give them some time. You know, but you have Shane McMahon taking up time, and now you're bringing a blast from the past, the Undertaker to take up more time and to have a spot at the next pay-per-view, like it's just, it just doesn't make any sense. It really doesn't like, you know, but again, we'll, when we, when we get into the raw recap, we'll break that down a little bit. Yeah. More. I'm getting ahead of myself. It's just, <laughs> you know, talking about that match. No, I know. <laughs> Man. Oh, you know what I'm saying? It's probably a reason why we, ain't, we, we couldn't record yesterday because the wrestling guys like, nah, it's not a good day. Thunderstorm. <laughs> issues nah doesn't mix too well exactly exactly oh man but let, let's keep it moving with, with stomping grounds for a second and go back to another kind of uh bright spot i guess from from my standpoint we'll see how you felt about this one but the the smackdown tag team championship matchup between daniel bryan and Ro- and eric rowan versus heavy machinery now this is an interesting matchup because heavy machinery yes. are the the baby faces they're the good yep. guys right yep but when you go to Washington State, oh yeah, this is the <laughs> house of Daniel Bryan. This this yeah. is his dude. House. That's, that's Daniel Bryan's country, right? There. Yes, yes. Basically, <laughs> it's like I will I will compare this to maybe not on the same level of a CM Punk in Chicago, but <laughs> where it's similar is it doesn't matter whether they're technically a good guy or a bad guy by storyline. The fans in these respective places throw that out the window. It doesn't matter. Yes. You're, you're, Daniel Bryan is one of theirs. He is uh-huh. the favorite son of, of Washington State. And rightfully so. And rightfully so. He's earned that. He has earned that. And 
it made it, it was so fun. You know, all the chance that they had, please oh. cycle, drive a Prius. <laughs> I was like, man, this is, this is awesome. Like, I enjoyed this so much. And Daniel, to his credit, too, he, he played to it to a point to where you, like, he was having fun with it, but not losing his heel persona in some yeah. way. Like, yeah. it was, it was interesting. And I just, just kudos to him. And, but, but here's what I'll say. I felt bad almost for for Tucker and Otis, you know, because they're still trying to do their baby face moves, you know, and Otis is working hard, man. Trying to he is. He was, man. Oh, he was, man. I gotta give it to Otis too. He was trying so hard. You know, like the, the caterpillar had no effect on the crowd. He was gyrating, you know, like the fans are chanting yes when he's taking the kicks, you know, and he's still trying to sell. He's like having yeah. the Hulk Hogan moment. Where he's getting kicked and he's trying to sell like there's no effect, you know. And Otis, like he's a he's a big, you know, jiggly dude, right? So he's like jiggling, he's like shaking, and like all the the meat on him is like shaking. Yeah. And he's this usually <laughs> gets a positive reaction from the crowd, you know. But they were not feeling like they didn't care, like it, it they they were irrelevant to them. Otis and Tucker, it was all about Daniel Bryan and trying to root on Daniel Bryan to get this victory. And but it was a, it was fun. I, I actually. Thought even though you know from a from a story perspective, you kind of had to throw all that out the window for this matchup. You know, for for entertainment, pure entertainment it was, purposes. It was. That's that's how it I looked great. it as, man. As a fan, I was like, all right, man. We already know what this is. This is Daniel Bryan's land, his his state, his country. You know what I'm saying? And 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 rightfully so. So the fans were just given. You know, just Tucker and Otis, the business, and, and, and I love every minute of. I love, man. I gotta like, like you said, man. I gotta give it to Otis. He was trying his damnest, yeah. his damnest to win over that crowd, man. Yeah. Just he, trying. He was just, just he was giving it, his, he was giving everything, man. Yeah. Everything, hundred percent, man. Uh, That's why I love. I, I, he was winning me over with that, man. Yeah, he was winning me over with that. You know, with the Daniel Bryan kicks, he's, you know, he's just shaking that off like, yeah. Yeah, I was like, come on, yeah, Tucker. I was like, not Tucker, come on, Otis, yeah, shake that off. Get it. (laughs) (laughs) And then it was was perfect, man. I love how they booked this match and and Bryan getting the sneaky heel win because it's it's, it's character. character. Yep. Yeah. And, And I was like, that's a good finish right there. Booking was on point. You know, yes. Daniel was on point. Otis was doing his work. Like he did, he kept trying to win yeah. that crowd over, you know, yeah. props to him. Just yeah. great, great overall. Like it was fun. It was a lot yeah. of fun. Props to heavy, heavy machinery as a team, man. They didn't let that get them out of their head. Cause sometimes, you know, wrestlers, cause sometimes I guess the crowd can affect the wrestlers, man, but they, they was, they was never shook them, man. They just stayed to their guns. Yeah, I, I, I always when it comes to heavy machinery, Otis is the to me he's the standout. So I'm I will in this situation too also give Otis a, a little bit more credit than Tucker because I feel like Tucker still hasn't quite found himself as a character. So I couldn't tell you know personally if it, it was getting to Tucker or not. I felt like he was kind of just going through the motions a little bit. You know I couldn't tell if he was like because uh-huh. he really doesn't bring it. it that team is really built off of Otis's it is. charisma. It you know, is. It's, it's really all about him. So for for Tucker, I felt like he played his his part as he usually does, but he's still not that interesting of a character on his own. So to me, he really kind of disappeared in this matchup. What I really remembered from Heavy Machinery was Otis 
just continually to continuing to be Otis. You know, he did all of his like funny mannerisms to try to get the crowd and the crowd would boo, but he still did it anyway. <laughs> and he was trying. And that Hulk up moment where Daniel's kicking him and he just kept like selling like the, the no sell for that. He would dance every time Tucker or every time Daniel Bryan would kick him. You know, like I just had a lot of respect for that. So, you know, like you said, just props to to them for not completely letting that derail everything, but specifically Otis, like he's, he's, yeah. I think he's truly a standout and, you know, he is, he, he's growing on me definitely, you know, week to week. I feel like he's, he just, he makes that team. He really makes that team. And Rowan too, like, you know, I, I feel like almost a similar way to, to Rowan as I do to Tucker. Like he was just kind of like, he played his part, like the way he usually does, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like it wasn't anything different with it, you know, and, and his character is a little bit more defined than Tucker's. So I just felt like, yeah, he played his part and he was good. You know, he did a good yeah, job. I, I think, and then I, I just get this feeling, like, like, I, like I said, man, I think Daniel Bryan has a personal interest of rebuilding this tag team, man. Yeah. Like he he did his thing for the championship run, and I know this is Daniel Bryan. He wants to do it. He now he's tag team champion with uh, Rowan, and now he's he's about to see what he can do with that, man. Well, I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying yeah, it. I anytime, anytime I see Daniel Bryan, man, I'm happy. And and, and if if his aim is to rebuild, you know, the, the tag team division, man, it's going to be awesome. Like, it's yeah. going to be awesome because he's just such an awesome uh, just, just talent and personality and just a great person overall. So I'm rooting for him. And, yeah, man, it, it was the match itself. It was a lot of fun. And everybody, I thought, played their part well. Um, just my special shout outs definitely are going to, to Daniel Bryan for keeping yep. the heel persona, but still, you know, having fun with the, with the crowd <laughs> being on the side a little bit and for Otis for just fighting through that and continuing to just try to entertain. Yeah, most definitely, man. Kudos to both of them. Yep. Yep. All right. We're going to keep it moving along with the SmackDown women's championship matchup between Bailey and Alexa bliss. Um, now, why don't you start us off with this one? What, what was your take on this matchup? All right. So I've been enjoying this story, this whole Bailey and Alexa Bliss story mixed in with, well, I'll leave it at that. I've been enjoying <laughs> that aspect. All right. Wait, wait, but, you, but we can't exclude the Nikki Cross I, angle. I know, so, I know, so but please, I got to, I got to separate some stuff. All right. So that's okay. what I'm going <laughs> to Okay. 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 I see. Cause you caught yourself. Cause you're like, I I'm did. enjoying it. But then you, you probably thought about the Nikki Alexa Bliss. I did as I was talking. I did. I was like, you know what? But as 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 that aspect, though. All oh, right. So okay. let, let me clarify. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> I've been enjoying that. Uh, you know, the even the build up was great, man. That whole promo from uh, what was it? Smackdown. Uh, the the moment of oh, so yeah. Moment well, let's, let's go back to that for a yeah, second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead, man. Uh, well, the, I, but specifically for you because. And I've kind of gone to your side in terms of just not liking the moment of bliss segments, right? Um, I just feel like it it wasn't when they had Alexa Bliss kind of just interviewing certain superstars and playing like that she was kind of flirting with them and what she wasn't rustling. Like I wasn't liking uh, the moment of bliss then. You know, I feel like if you're going to do a moment of bliss, if you're going to have this talk show for Alexa, you know, use it to where she's just more than just a sex object, right? Like I want to see, you know, Alexa kind of reveal something major, you know, that's going to happen in WWE that kind of makes me excited about, you know, oh my God, there's going to be this wrestler returning or there's going to be this matchup happening. Like have her be like break, like revealing breaking news or just having a, a, a 
segment where she's cutting deep in the superstar, like like Miz TV. Like with the Miz, he just goes at people, right? Yeah. And so I had kind of been leaning towards your camp in terms of just not liking the Moment of Bliss segments. But this one I thought was was really good, this last one with Bailey, because now Ooh. we got into real deep like almost shoot style yeah, promo real. you know because i was like oh man it's starting to get real real out here yes, yes. <laughs> i'm like this, this was maybe the best moment of bliss that, that they had ever done really yeah. you know well why don't you go into detail with how they went back and forth at each other yeah yeah man well I, I, let's frame it this way because it i guess how alexa bliss was using maybe using a personal moment yeah you know as she said as she started in nxt Del- uh, developmental and but yet they had the whole four horsewomen going on with Charlotte, Becky Lynch, Sasha Banks, and Bailey. Yep. And she said they kind of treated her like as a nobody. Yep. So I don't know no, if there's... clarify clarify. She said that no one basically was was like supportive of her or with her except for Charlotte. Except for Charlotte, yeah. Yep. Which was yeah. which was interesting because yeah. Charlotte being a heel, right? Like you would you wouldn't think if this was a scripted thing, it seemed weird to say Charlotte was on your side. You know what I'm saying? Like that yeah. kind of goes against the the bigger picture story that that because Charlotte has nothing to do with the storyline. You know, mm-hmm. Charlotte doesn't right now come off as someone who would be like supportive or or have the back of anybody right now. You haven't been on TV in a few weeks too, man. Exactly. So for for her to name drop Charlotte in that moment. I thought made it feel like, whoa, wait a minute, like maybe there's something more to what what's going exactly. on here, you know? Like maybe this is real, like what she's saying, you know. And then Bailey coming back at her, you know, and being like, just you know that you you basically are not the what do you say? You're not a goddess. You're just a, a princess who like feels like like everything is is uh, she's owed something basically, yeah. you know. And just that was the, the 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 gist of it. I'm paraphrasing, but essentially, you know, it's like she thought that everything should be handed to her and, and and Bailey and them basically didn't feel that way at all about her. And then Alexa's come back to her is like, you know, it's not that, what did she say? It's not that I feel like things should be handed to me. I'm just better than you. Like basically that kind of was like, okay. Like the the crowd was feeling that. (laughs) Uh, I was feeling that. I was too, man. (laughs) And you know, it just, it just was. Then she dropped, then she dropped a mic. Uh, uh, a mic bomb right here, man. When she said, "Like in NX, like you're you just hating on me because you reached your peak in NXT." Oh yeah, and was I was like, "Damn!" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I was like, "Facts, facts." Yeah. <laughs> that was real. That was real because yeah. looking at it, you would say that that's absolutely true. Yeah. That Bailey is never, while being in WWE, reached the height that she did when she was in NXT. Like in NXT, when her and Sasha, you know, did the Iron Woman match, you know, and main evented Takeover, like that was the, yes. probably the best of of Bailey, and then some other matches she had too later on with Nia Jax, and you know, with Oscar, you know, like those were also great matches. But all of that happened in NXT, you yeah. know, in WWE. Yes, she was at part of a, a WrestleMania moment, you know, when was champion, and you know, she had all that, but it never kind of felt like it was. It was like it never reached that height. You know, you were never really. Yeah. Like the NXT level. Yeah. Yeah. It just felt like she was still kind of figuring it out and the crowd was still trying to buy into her, you know? So, whereas with Alexa Bliss, I mean, she's been so successful, 
you know, and there was even a moment there where she said, you know, you're just jealous of me because I had the career that you always dreamed of, you know, like, and that's, that's also true. Like, yeah, Alexa has been both Raw and SmackDown Women's Champion multiple times, you know, and yes. had already won Money in the Bank and done all of this before Bailey had really achieved much of anything in the WWE. So, yeah, man, it was that was a really cool moment yeah. of bliss, great moment. And, uh, yeah, led into this matchup. So go ahead. Uh, tell us more about it. Yeah, but, well, I think you just hit it on the nail right there, man. Like, you know, with with that, you know, th- I think that's why I'm gravitating to this story because they're putting maybe some realness in this. It could possibly be. But yeah. I'm eating this up right now, you know, because that how, how basically how Alexa Bliss is using NXT as a catalyst to start this rivalry, or not a rivalry, but this storytelling is great. You know what I'm saying? Going back and using a callback like that and maybe and maybe it could be true, maybe it could be not. You know, that whole, you know, that whole Twitter stuff, you know, if her talking about Nikki, whatever, that's, I don't care about that. But her, right. when she did that, you know, moment of bliss and it wasn't having that back and forth and that was, and it seemed like it got real, That that's what I gravitate towards, man. And that's what I was enjoying, man. So now the I, match, yeah. now the match, you know, the finish, uh, you know, I, I, I didn't, I, I don't know what it was going for. It was just confusing. Like, what was Nikki was supposed to distract? I don't know. I saw it as, it looked, it didn't look like how it was supposed to look, I guess. Because it looked like she was distracting for Bailey. Well, it looked like the, the, whatever was happening with Nikki and Bailey and in terms of the distraction that it was already over with. And then Alexa tried to go for twisted bliss after everything was settled again. And Bailey put the knees up, you know, like, so basically the way that I feel like it was supposed to come off as was Nikki getting involved cost Alexa the match. Right. Mm -hmm. But Nikki got involved, then the match kind of reset, right? And so it's almost like Nikki's distraction had no uh, uh, effect on the matchup. You know, like she, it's not like whatever the pinfall happened right after Nikki got involved. You know, Nikki got, you know, got involved and then the referee and, and everybody saw what she was, what she had done, you know, and then it's just like, okay, the, the match reset, uh, uh, Alexa got a leg up again on Bailey. She went for Twisted Bliss. Bailey got the legs, the knees up, yep. and that flipped the match, you know, for towards Bailey. But yeah, the the whole Nikki. I mean, that I feel like you know I kind of want to go back to and, and talk about this this Nikki Cross uh, situation too because I feel like that that's that's my issue with this whole thing. Like yeah. what we just said with with Bailey and Alexa and how the storyline got better when they did uh, Moment of Bliss. You know, I feel like that I want more of that. And the whole Nikki Cross storyline is kind of getting in the way of potentially a very interesting feud. Yes, you know, man. Like Nikki's aspect of it, I don't like what they're doing with Nikki's character. It just doesn't seem like, you know, this is the Nikki Cross that we all fell in love with in NXT, you know, and then they have this whole friendship thing going on. It's just kind of like I don't, I don't, I don't care for it. I don't like it. And then yeah. even in the it's match, confusing because I don't even know where they're going with this. Like, like she. Well, it seems like they're just rehashing what had happened with Alexa and Nia, you know, and Alexa and uh, Mickey James, where Alexa is just going to betray 
uh, Nikki Cross eventually. Like they're everyone's telling her, hey, you know, you can't trust Alexa. And I don't I actually don't think they're gonna I think that's not gonna happen. I think it's gonna be the other way around. I hope so, but I I, I feel like this is the type of lazy story storytelling that has been happening recently where they'll just they'll just kind of phone it in and what you think is gonna happen is probably what's gonna happen. <laughs> so, you know what I'm saying? So I, I'm not I'm not getting my uh, hopes up. So you're saying I'm getting the creative team way too much credit right now, huh? I, I think so. I think so. <laughs> I think so. Maybe they change their minds. Maybe they think, yeah, you know, this would be lazy to just go ahead and do the same thing we've done the last couple storylines with Alexa Bliss. Let's do something different. But, but yeah, I, you, you could be right because they you know, they just putting it out there though. They got Naomi, Natalia, like, hey, you know, she's gonna turn on you. Bailey, they keep on saying that, like almost every week. Right. Cause then the other way around would be Alexa being a face because Nikki Cross betrays her. And uh, you know, I, I don't know. Like she's already kind of lying about Bailey saying stuff about Nikki on Twitter and on, you know, social media. So everything seems to be building that Alexa's been lying. Unless they're going to say, like, Nikki is going to smarten up to it and, like, stop Alexa from betraying her for, I don't know. But I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves because on <laughs> SmackDown, another aspect got, got added to the storyline where Nikki Cross is, is still yep. helping Alexa and giving Alexa, you know, another opportunity uh, at a championship. We'll get more into detail on that, but it, it just seems like they're they're going deeper and deeper into the story of, Alexa, Nikki is helping Alexa legitimately, and Alexa is going to to continue to manipulate and use her until she's no longer of use to her, and then she's going to betray her. And you know, it just it's just it, it's lazy storytelling from that standpoint. Yeah. But I feel like my 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 bigger gripe with this whole thing is that the Alexa Bailey storyline I think could be awesome. It could, and man. Nikki Cross storyline is getting in the way of that. So and and it doesn't help pretty much anybody in the storyline. Like it doesn't help Bailey because Bailey is just kind of there in the storyline the way they're doing it. Like yep. the Bailey Alexa moment of bliss helps both Bailey and Alexa. But the fact that they're doing the Nikki Cross storyline kind of just makes it puts that it it it's just I don't even know have the word to describe it, but it just kind of gets in the way of all of that. And now Bailey's kind of like the third wheel in that storyline because the story is really about Nikki and and Alexa, which is just seems backwards, especially with with Nikki with uh, sorry with Bailey being the champion. Like yeah. you know, she needs Bailey needs a storyline. Bailey needs a storyline where she is the one of the main focal points of that story. Yeah, you know, and it's not, so that's not happening here. No, because they're trying to do this Nikki and they, they got this whole triangle thing going, which it doesn't even need to be there. Right, right. And to me, like, I guess my point is it doesn't even feel like a triangle. It feels like there's a straight line between Nikki and Alexa, right? And there's this story that they're clearly telling, oh, and by the way, uh, Alexa's challenging for the women's championship, you know, but really that's just kind of like a, a, a footnote in the bigger storyline that they're trying to tell between, the, between uh, Alexa and Nikki. You know, like, I think more what would have been, what would be better is just not having Nikki as a part of the storyline at all, really having her herself, <laughs> yeah. you know, and just having Bailey and Alexa just kind of going back and forth and, and, and having promos on each other and having matches with each other, you know, directly versus having Nikki be a part of this in any way. 
you know, is really, I think, the best best thing they could do going forward. But they won't because of what we saw on SmackDown, but we'll get into it. Yeah, man, because you, you, you might just might be right on that. Like, you know, I, I, I don't know. Maybe I see it as a triangle, but. You Which know, you, is fair. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I, I'm glad that you see it that way and that I think other fans hopefully will see it that way, too, because I want Bailey to to have a meaningful storyline. But for me, it doesn't feel that meaningful for Bailey. You know, it just feels like yeah. she like, OK, let's say Bailey ends up losing, you know, the title. You know, like I just feel like in a month or so, people will forget that Bailey was even champion. You know, that's how that's that's the effect of the storyline. I yeah. think so far, like it just her her title you, reign doesn't believe, really feel that meaningful. right. Do you think she'll have a short run or a long run? I, I what I think is going to happen, I I think she will have a long run. I I don't think she's going to lose. So she she lost to Alexa in this matchup, right? And we're going to get the rematch at Extreme Rules. I don't think she's going to lose to Alexa there. So I think she's gonna make it to SummerSlam with the with the belt. Um, but I guess the the bigger thing is, will it be meaningful? You know, regardless of the length of the of the reign, will it be meaningful? And I, I kind of feel like it won't be. That at this rate, Bailey's probably gonna lose the belt to at SummerSlam, probably to Charlotte when Charlotte comes back. Is kind of where this is going, I think. And that just it's like again, I just feel like it'll be a forgettable run. You know, like you just, I, I don't know that if you ask me six months after, you know, she loses the belt, you know, do you remember when Bailey was champion? Like, I don't think I'll remember that. <laughs> you know, I think I'll remember that Nikki Cross was in this storyline that I hated for her. You know, I'll remember that, but I won't right. remember that Bailey was champion during all that. So, yeah. All right. Well, uh, I said what I said. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We'll just keep moving, keep it moving. Right, that's we'll all I have to say about, about that. We'll talk more about all three <laughs> in our in our other recaps of uh, Raw and SmackDown. Um, but let's get into the WWE Championship matchup between Kofi Kingston and Dolph Ziggler in a steel cage. Um, you start us off with this one, man. How'd you feel about this matchup? Uh, you know what? I really wasn't too invested in this match. Because this whole Dolph Ziggler, it should have been me. <laughs> oh man, I cannot has, get in sync out of my head every yeah, time. Yeah, it, it, it has. It has really, really taken me out of it. Like you know, Dolph Ziggler does good work, but they really haven't really built him up to anything. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Every, I, I, I don't know if. Honestly, I don't know if he if, if they can do anything with his character more or can they build him up properly again? You think it's over? You think you should just go to another promotion? Like I don't know for Dolph, but I, I, I really wasn't really feeling, you know, the match was there. It was a cool finish. You know, yeah. I like that. I, yeah. I like the finish. You know, Dolph, he, he almost had it, but you know. Yeah, Dolph was crawling out of the out of the crawling ring, up. but then yep. Kofi, Kofi last did. minute just dove oh, through the ropes over head Dolph first. Ziggler head first, hit the floor first. Uh, Kofi retained. Yeah, it, it was it was so the matchup itself I thought was like a very average cage match. Yep. You know, both guys are talented guys, so they did enough to make it entertaining. Um, but it really didn't have me captivated. It didn't have me on the edge of my seat. Um, I wasn't really that engaged in the matchup. I don't feel like 
the crowd the crowd was behind Kofi, but if it didn't feel like they were, I don't know if it was fatigue or what, but they weren't really as vocal, as into yeah. it, you know, as yeah. you would expect for a, a Kofi matchup, given how how popular he is right now. Um, I just, I don't know. The, the Here's the thing. I'm actually a big fan of Dolph Ziggler. I really think that Dolph Ziggler is a talented dude. I think he's been doing a great job on the mic, you know, trying to sell this whole situation that, you know, it should have been him. But the, the insane thing, I feel like they should probably find a new line for him to say because that is definitely distracting for me. Right. You know, and t- taking me out because that's all he says. Like, yeah. I need more. It's it's like why it's, should it should have been? I'm like like you should have been me. It should have been me every week. You say it should have been me. Yeah, it's kind of <laughs> like it kind of reminds me of the Batista. Like, give me what I want. Like, it just yeah. feels like they don't know what else to say, or he doesn't know what else to say. So he's just <laughs> having them say the same thing. And unfortunately, the line is is straight out of an sync music video. So you know, it's just kind of a joke at this point. But I feel like the intensity that Dolph has had during those promos, like I do buy into that part of it, you know, and I, I feel like he's doing like some of the best work right now in terms of just the passion that he's putting forth in those promos and like how like he's really trying to sell like he's just, you know, frustrated and upset, you know, and I feel like Kofi Kingston has done a great job of kind of like breaking all that down and saying, well, Dolph, you you walked out, you know, and Dolph, like I, I beat you already and. Well, Dolph, you say that, you know, Xavier, like I, I took the coward's way out, but you kicked Xavier first. And of course, Xavier is going to retaliate and want to and get back at you. And it's kind of like you getting a taste of your own medicine, basically, in that situation. So I feel like the back and forth build up for it was OK. It was it was solid. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I really like what Dolph has been doing in terms of the amount of passion that he showed. Uh, but this matchup, it, you know, the the payoff, you know, with this match just felt kind of like. Nah, okay, you know, it was average, it was good, it was fine, it happened, yeah. but it wasn't like a great matchup. It wasn't again the way I kind of 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 rank these matchups or kind of evaluate these matchups is how memorable it's gonna be. You know, just like I just like I was talking about with uh you know Bailey's title run and like will I remember it? Will it be something that I that I you know can look back on and say, Yeah, I remember that match or this match or this moment. And for me, this match will probably be remembered for the Kofi Kingston dive through the ropes to win it. You know, yeah. like that was kind of cool. We hadn't seen that before. So I thought that that was fine, but yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't that great of a, of a matchup overall. It was just average. It was just an average matchup for yeah, the WWE. Man. For a cage so. match, I found myself grabbing, taking to my phone a lot. I was like, huh, that's weird. Yeah. yeah. I was like, this, this is a cage. It, Cause like literally, man, you know, like, you know, you know, Kofi does good work. Even Dolph does good work. But I think the whole Dolph Ziggler, it should have been me. It's, you know, just took me out of it. And it, even the crowd wasn't into it, too. So even it, that, that didn't even really help, too. Because sometimes a, a crowd could be into it, and then they'll start to get you in. Because like, all right, let's see what this crowd is getting all energized about. See what I'm missing. Right. You know, but no, nah, man, it's it was. Yeah, it was just pretty much that that crowd, big, you just got that strong finish and that was it. Well, and that that crowd, like to to their credit again, like in, earlier on, I mean, this same crowd was really hyped for a two five live Cruiserweight Championship matchup. So that tells you something that yeah. when they can be hyped up about that, because they, they just you, you could tell that was like a hardcore. Uh, crowd, oh, yeah. You know? oh, the yeah. People yeah, that yeah, showed yeah. up, which we didn't really talk about this, but the attendance for that for this pay-per-view oh. was very low. 
Like it was it was very low to to what you know you would see. Like I think it ended up being somewhere around six thousand, seven thousand people, something like that. So like that, three, I think it was like three fourths full. Right, right. Like basically, I think that place can hold around eighteen thousand, yeah. and so it was like somewhere just about half, or maybe a little less than half of the people um, filled it up. So you know, it was it was not great in terms of overall numbers. But the people that went, I guess the positive spin on it is that it's it's the hardcore fans that that are really invested in wrestling. Yeah, they're the ones that showed up and they made their presence known and they were loud. You know, so for most of these matchups. They were engaged. I mean, they they made up a please recycle chant for crying out loud for Daniel Bryan. You know, what I'm saying? like they were engaged in the matches that you know were giving them something. And this match to for them to be kind of you know not very react. They didn't react much. They were very like they had their they sat on their hands for most of the match. Like it just that tells you something that yeah this match was was missing something. You know, and so for me it was it was average. Um, you know and. I don't want to say like this is the end for Dolph because again I am a fan of Dolph. I think that in the ring like he has just he's very talented. He's got great skills. You know he's he's good on the mic. You know I think he's actually pretty underrated on the mic. Um, maybe going to another promotion you know would be the right thing for him to do because um, I don't know that yeah. it'll ever happen for him in, in WWE. You know if it has happened now when you know like. Yeah, so, because I, I don't know. I think I need to see something else from Dolph because he keep on like I think the last he was he was coming out with no music, no theme music going with that whole you know the whole uh, gimmick. If you got a gimmick, and you know, I'm not all about gimmicks, so he got rid of his theme music. He went with that persona, and then he's coming out with this whole persona with Drew McIntyre. That was cool. He got the rub off that, and now he's coming off. You know, it should have been me, and. That's not really doing anything. So I don't know, man. I, I think he, to me, I think he needs to. I, I could well, you know, benefit from from a new pr- uh, promotion. Well, what's what, here's here's something that's funny when it comes to Dolph, though, because you just reminded me about a couple of things. So when he was with Drew, I actually felt like that was a Dolph looked great when he was with Drew. You know, and Dolph actually main evented a pay-per-view with Seth Rollins for, I don't remember if it was the Intercontinental U.S. Championship, but, you know, that little run for on Dolph's side and for Drew, but just just keeping it to Dolph, you know, I thought was a was a really nice run, and then it just kind of ended. But even the way they ended it, I felt like they should have had more with Drew versus Dolph because – that that they had a cage match that was real intense, and Drew McIntyre just destroyed Dolph Ziggler after after the matchup. And then Dolph was away for a while, and then Dolph came back at Royal Rumble and threw out Drew McIntyre. Like I just feel like there was a missed opportunity there. So for WWE, it's it's weird. Like they they have these moments where they could do something with Dolph. It's just when you yeah. think Dolph is dead, just when you think it's over for Dolph, they'll do something that makes you say. Huh, okay, like Dolph actually looks good right now. And then they'll just unceremoniously end it. And you're like, <laughs> wait a minute. We, you, this is a guy who you would think, like, you mean they're struggling to find a way to get him over. They're struggling yeah. to find a way to make us care. And then as soon as we do, then they're like, all right, it's over. Like, even before that, when he, when he had the no music, like, I hated that. That sucked. But what came out of it, though, is he actually won the Intercontinental Championship. And then he dropped it immediately, and then he was gone. 
Like he was just off television. He's like, you know, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, this isn't what I want or whatever. Oh no, it was and, the United States Championship. United States Championship. My, yeah. my bad. My United States Championship. He had that, and then he dropped it. You know, and then he came back. And I thought when he came, like someone else had won the United States Championship, and then I thought, okay, he was going to come back, and yeah. we we're going to have one of those like, you know, oh, you're not the true United States Champion because you didn't beat me, right? Like I thought that was going to happen, but that never happened. No, he was gone for a while. <laughs> <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Came back at the Royal Rumble. I thought maybe he's gonna win the Royal Rumble. Maybe that's why he left. <laughs> you know, win the Royal Rumble and made him at WrestleMania. Oh my God! Like, and I, and I was reading. Man, you are you are a real half glass type of guy with this Dolph Ziggler. <laughs> I'm just saying, like there were there were moments in his in his recent career where I felt like. Even when you thought things were were so it looked bad, and then you would think, okay, it's over, but then something would happen that make kind of gives you a glimmer of hope, like oh, he just won the intercontinental title, or oh, he has this thing going yeah. on with Drew McIntyre, and it's kind of interesting, and then they just kill it, like it just ends, and then they do stupid things with him, like oh, he loses to Shane McMahon at the the World Cup thing that they did, you know, <laughs> in, in Saudi, it's like oh, well now you completely just buried him because he just lost to Shane McMahon. You know, in a one-on-one matchup, well, kicked off best in the world because of that, man. Right, that's where that whole thing started. So, yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. I feel like it. What I guess, what's the worst that could happen if he were to go to another promotion? You know, what I'm saying like that would be something to try. It's something he hasn't done yet. So, you know, that might be a good idea for him. Because um, I don't know, man. The WWE just seems like even if he does find something that kind of works, they just end it. Like yeah, they just, just end it. I don't know. He, he should come to AEW. I think he'll have more creative control. I think he will enjoy that because on the side, I know he likes to do comedy. So he writes his own jokes. So I guess I can see how that can resonate with him and wanting to more have more type of you know creativity. So if he was to do that, I think it'll work out for him, man. He do something with John Moxley too, you know, have that WWE versus AEW vibe thing. I don't know, man. I'm just spitballing. <laughs> yeah, man. I think I think all that. I'd, I'd be interested in a, any and every matchup that they would put him in in AEW. I think it'd be real interesting for him. Yeah, yeah. Um, in WWE, I think the only thing left for me with him would be some kind of interaction with Shawn Michaels about him, like basically patterning his whole move set, attire, everything off of him. Yeah. They've never once acknowledged that on television, not one time. So I feel like. It would be that's the only other thing that I could think of would be some kind of story or something for Dolph that that relates to Shawn Michaels to say, hey, you know, like look at how he's his his ring attire, his the super kick, like you yeah. know, just everything he does is Shawn, like like somehow yeah. work that. Like he used to come out and you just kind of roll his hips. Yeah, yeah, like everything, you know. He was basically sexy boy Shawn Michael, yeah. heartbreak kid, you know, yep. doing that whole thing. Like he, he. So it would. I think that's the only other thing I could think of for that they haven't done is to legit just have Shawn Michaels be a part of a storyline with him. You know, not to wrestle, obviously, but just to be there and in the storyline. Use him like they use Ric Flair sometimes in the storylines. You know, where he's just okay. Kinda, I can see like, that. In the mix, you know yeah. that that would that would be interesting to me. Use him as an extension to tell the story. Exactly, exactly. Okay. Whether okay. it's him, you know, maybe trying to 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 have Shawn Michaels acknowledge him, and then maybe beats him down or something. I don't know. 
But just, oh, just something there. God damn it, Hafiz coming with that three D perspective again, man. See, <laughs> man, that, that's why. That's why I like you, man. That's why you're a friend. That's why you're a good friend. <laughs> yeah, I try, man. I try. I try. You know, like I, I'm not a WWE writer. You know, like I, I, I can't claim to be. But every once in a while, I just try to have an idea, throw it out there. You know, hey, if someone's listening and they want to go ahead and get that to a writer, so when you see it on television, I won't be mad. You know, that'd be right. fine. <laughs> oh man all right so we are about almost done with our our overall recap of the sh- of the of uh stomping grounds um we just have one last match i'm pretty sure i didn't miss anything right there's there's just this universal championship matchup with seth rollins and baron corbin left to talk about um so this matchup here um i'm a big seth rollins fan yeah. I was, you know, rooting for Seth in no shape or form did I want to see Baron Corbin win this matchup. Um, and I like what Seth has been doing, you know, kind of using a chair to take out every potential special guest referee that Baron Corbin would would be able to choose. That was great. And I love I thought, every second of that. Right. I thought that buildup was great. Um, and we got to the matchup. Baron Corbin announces, you know, who the special guest referee is going to be. Um, Seth gets a chair one more time before he makes that announcement to let him know, like, again, I just want to remind this person, I don't care who it is, you know, they're <laughs> going to get it with this chair. And so, so go ahead, Baron, go ahead and announce who the, who the special guest referee is going to be. Oh, man. Before gets the mic, announces <laughs> that it's going to be Lacey Evans. Man, um, I got mixed feelings about this because on one hand, I'm like, well, it's smart because you know he can't use yeah. that chair. Yeah. Right? And there's a small part of me that was like, hey, Seth, you promised. You said what was going to happen. So maybe we go back to Attitude Era a little bit and, you know, you do something, maybe not the chair, but you find a way. I don't know. Like, yeah. but you knew that wasn't going to happen. So I'm like, okay, Baron, it's smart. But then it's like, it's Lacey Evans. Like, I. I don't know. Like, and I, I'm a fan of Lacey Evans. I'm I'm wanting to see Lacey Evans do, you know, some great things in the company. But mm-hmm. the way she just tapped out, and then you know, her match has been done. It was the first match of the night, and then for it to be Lacey Evans, it's not. I mean, Brock Lesnar would have been tough, but like, I was kind of half expecting it would be something that had to do with Brock Lesnar, whether it be Paul Heyman or Brock being the referee that he's going to try to name, and maybe something happens there. Yep. Uh, or somebody else, but it ended up being Lacey Evans. So I, I don't know. I just kind of had this like, huh, Lacey? Really? I see what you're doing, but really? Right. So yeah, I was just, I was just kind of like, all right, let's let's just go ahead with it. And Lacey, to her credit, like during the matchup, like she she played the heel referee pretty well. She you did. know, like she did. Motown, I- the you know, oh my shoulder, you know, like because she's selling basically like the disarmer you know, injury still, like, and she's counting the three for, or counting the one, two, three for Seth Rollins' pin, but yeah. she can't count three because her shoulder just won't let her. But when it comes to Baron Corbin, that shoulder's fine, and she's doing the quick counts. Like, so I, I like that. Um, you know, the change in the rules of the matchup midway through the match, <laughs> Seth Rollins put uh, Baron Corbin through a table. All of a sudden now she doesn't want to count to ten. Now it's a no-DQ match. Um yeah, so uh, Baron Corbin had used the chair. She's kind of looking away. She's checking her boots. She's like, my hands you know, are full. My hands are full. <laughs> I can't do it. I'm 
like, okay. You know, so again, her credit, I feel like she she played that part well. You know, she did she did the best she could with with the moment that she was in. Yeah. Um, I don't know, but overall, I was just like, I it it it. The 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 on paper, Seth Rollins versus Baron Corbin is not that interesting of a match. I'm more just rooting for Seth Rollins. And now you throw in the stipulation, and it's just kind of like I'm just kind of waiting for this match to end versus being really invested in the match itself is how I felt. You know, and I felt entertained by some of the moments that were happening, but I just didn't really I don't know. I just I just felt like this isn't how the main event should feel. You know, it felt more like maybe this match should have happened earlier on. Maybe you have the Dolph Kofi match as the main event, even though we didn't really, both of us admitted just now that it felt like an average match. But I felt yeah. like the way this one went was kind of actually a little bit worse than what that one ended up being. Um, so I don't know. What what were your thoughts overall on this matchup? Well, you know, when, when Baron Corbin got on the mic and said, you know, Lacey Evans, you know, I was like, okay, that's that's smart. That was smart. I'll give that to you, Baron. <laughs> you know, and I, I enjoyed Lacey Evans doing her part as a ref with the slow count with the one. And to, it actually reminded me of The Rock when Triple H was going against the British Bulldog and The Rock was actually the special guest referee on SmackDown. And he was like, one, two, it doesn't matter if I count the three. <laughs> <laughs> so... So that was like, okay, okay, I was cool, you know, and her just changing up the rules, saying my hands are full. Okay, okay, I guess this is a no disqualification match. (laughs) Right. So, but uh, in the end, I thought this match was kind of misplaced. Like, I think, yeah, you're right. Maybe the Kofi and and, uh, Dolph Ziggler should have been the last match. It makes sense because it's a cage match. Yeah. So... You know, logically, it would just make sense to have a cage match. Your most excited, possibly on paper, your most exciting match last. Right. You know, because this is just a Baron Corbin match. I don't feel, you know, a Baron Corbin like, match. Wow, Baron Corbin <laughs> match. Oh, my God. For the Universal <laughs> Championship as the main event of the pay Exactly. Uh, exactly, uh, man. Yeah. I, I said it right there. I just I said it how I said it. A Baron yep. Corbin match, man. Yep. Just. You know, and I think they just need to get away from this. Yeah, they do. To take a break from Baron Corbin. He's Even though, to me, he's doing good heel work, but I, I don't need to see him anymore. I, he, Seth is asking, because right now he's he's doing a disservice to Seth. Yes. He's doing a disservice to Seth. He's hurting Seth. That's why. Like That's why from he AJ Styles to Baron Corbin. Yes. It's yes, like real the, quick, real quick. On, like man. we should have been, we, we could have stayed with AJ Styles, you know, given that we was hurt. But maybe I don't know, man. Move on to somebody else. Right. It's just such a drop Samoa off. Joe, yeah, Samoa yeah. Joe, Ricochet. I don't know, man. But Baron Corbin, mm-hmm. the dude that was. How about Drew McIntyre? How about that? Yeah. How, Drew how about how about Seth Rollins versus Drew McIntyre? Yeah. That would have been way better. Oh man, they could have had. Oh, you know, they already got a, a story within that. You know, he's saying, I destroyed the shield, I'll destroy you. You right. ain't nothing. You nothing but right. light work to me, Seth. 
Because it's for me that goes back to Money in the Bank, where yes. I was thinking Drew McIntyre was going to win in Money in the Bank, and he would have been, you know, like challenging Seth eventually for this title, yeah. you know. And now it's like he's not even in the picture, and now we got Baron yeah. Corbin in there, which yeah. is big downgrade from AJ yeah, Styles man. and even from, from Drew McIntyre. So yeah, because he's getting too much camera time, too oh, yeah. far, too much camera time. Picking stipulations for matches, picking referees, just uh, oh my god, yeah, he got a lot of time. Yeah, and I, and I don't see why, man. I don't see why Vince is giving all this camera time to this dude, man. Well, like, I think he enjoys trolling the fans, honestly. You know, what I'm saying? I feel like <laughs> this whole thing is just trolling. Like he knows how much people just dislike him, and so he's yeah. just using that. And he he sees it. He sees the heat because we talked about this before too. Like there's there's different types of of heat, right? That uh-huh. heel heat where you still will tune in to see that heel or that heel heat where they just want you to go away. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And he, I feel like it's more, people want him to go away, but Vince yeah. is looking at it like it's genius because people dislike him. Like, why wouldn't I have my most hated heel be the main event? Yeah, he's you know? getting a reaction. Right, exactly. But now I think the writing's on the wall with the attendance being the way it is, yeah. like you can't take a chance on this Baron Corbin thing anymore yeah. because because when you look people... at the card, why would I go to that? You know, oh, if no. you're a casual fan, yeah, no. Why would I go to that booking? No way. Because the main main card is championship match is Baron Corbin and you know basically Seth Rollins, and right? They're, and they're teasing like it could be possibly. You know, uh, special guest referee. It could be Brock Lesnar. Kind of teasing that, mm-hmm. you know, on the, you know, on that type of level. Like I get that, but no. And with their track record with Brock, like whenever they tease no. anything with Brock, you you don't believe it. Like no, no. one believes that Brock right, doing man. anything. That know, was BS. Believe, bro. I believe when I see any kind of thing with Brock right now. Right, BS. I call it, man. And like, yeah, as a casual fan, I'm not gonna go that, man. That's why you're selling your tickets for two for one. Yep. Yep. Yeah, man, he still couldn't sell out the place. Still could not, man. <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy. I mean, so yeah, and and just to to finish off the 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 recap of this matchup. So after um, Lacey Evans announces that it's going to be a no disqualification match, uh, Lacey and Seth kind of have a moment um, of like kind of a face off in a way. Lacey slaps uh, Seth Rollins. Um, Seth Rollins said, oh, okay, is that all you got? That's all you got? And so Lacey slaps him again, and again, he's uh, he takes it, and he's like, you know, basically saying he's unfazed by it. Um, Baron Corbin tries to to hit him from behind, and then when Seth turns around, Lacey low blows him. Uh, at this point, Becky Lynch then comes out from the back uh, to attack Lacey Evans, the support of her, of her, of her boyfriend, which I'll get into that because they, they've been talking a lot about her being the, being Seth's boyfriend, and I kind of take a little bit of issue with how they're going about this. But Oh, yeah, let's definitely speak on that when we get we, there. We, we definitely have to talk let's about speak that, on that. I want to hear your thoughts on that. There, there's, yeah, we'll, I, will, I won't hold back there for sure. I trust, <laughs> trust um, But anyway, Becky Lynch comes out, you know, and she's taking on Lacey Evans and – uh, gets Lacey Evans out of out of the matchup. Basically, the other referees come back, uh, come out from the back, um, and uh, to attend to Lacey Evans. Then the referee, I guess, there was a part of the matchup between Baron and Seth at at the Saudi Show uh, Super Showdown, 
shows up in the ring and Baron Corbin's like, oh, no, no, not you, not you, because he's the reason why they even had the stipulation for Baron so he could pick a referee that he would trust that wouldn't screw him over this time. And here we have this guy back in this matchup. Uh, Seth gets the upper hand, uh, gets him at the curb stomp. Uh, count They count the one, two, three, match over. Seth Rollins retains. Um, and then we have a moment where Becky and Seth Rollins are in the ring together, and it's kind of like a, the first... I guess in ring display of them being an, being a couple together, you know, and they're kind of like, you know, giving each other uh, kudos or whatever. They're hugging, you know, yeah. they, they leave together. I thought there were a couple of cool shots that came out of it for, for, you know, social media purposes. And I love them as a couple in general in real life. You know, I'm, I'm rooting for them, wish them the best, you know, definitely have nothing but positive uh, vibes for them as a real life couple. We'll just say that, um, you know, the moment at the end of the show, you know, it was cool. I could feel WWE kind of preparing us like they're going to use this and try to milk this now. Yeah. Uh, I'm a little concerned about that for both of them, but especially Becky Lynch. Um, I just I guess I'll just go into it now because it's going to lead us right into into our into talking about Raw here uh, for the next uh, uh, cup that we'll do. But um, just Michael Cole saying, yeah, Seth Rollins girlfriend, Becky Lynch and, you know, just, oh, this is a moment and all of that. Like, I don't know. Like, I, I just feel like there's a way to do it, you know, and it's right now it's being force fed to us. Like, you know, they're a couple, you know, and I feel like it almost diminishes Becky specifically when you refer to her as Seth Rollins girlfriend, you know, like it's a factual statement, but Becky's been building herself up as like this main star. Like she was going face to face with edge right and like yeah. you know it man or woman did not matter like she would knock you out right like she's trying Real. to be top star period regardless of you know the the men's division versus the women's division she's trying to run the wwe and so to to start to try to put her as you know seth rollins girlfriend and you know have just that whole thing i don't know i just feel like it kind of takes away from that momentum that she was on which is I'm trying to run this whole damn thing, you know? So I think if they do this the right way, which I don't personally, you know, I, I like to, to come up with ways that they could make things work, but I'm having a hard time seeing where they're going with this, where it doesn't continue to kind of take away from, from Becky's run specifically for Seth. It doesn't, I don't, I don't, don't know. Think, I feel like you don't think it hurts both of their characters. I think it hurts Seth a little bit too. I think it hurts Becky more with the way that Michael Cole continues to refer to her as mm. his girlfriend. Um, but I do think it helped. It hurts Seth too, because it takes the focus off of him just kind of like trying to just, again, he's trying, he's competing with her in a way, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like he's also trying to make it Monday night Rollins and trying to be, you know, the, the man also in his right, in, in his own right. Yeah. So, you know, for, for it to become this, like, you know, couples thing, like, I don't know, like I, I, I part of me, you know, the, the optimist in me, the one, the part of me that wants to be positive <laughs> wants to say, Hey, well, couldn't they find a way to make it to where they are running the WWE, where they're a power couple that runs it kind of like triple H and Stephanie. Yeah. Right. Like they're like, go ahead. I was going to say they, they can exactly do it that way. Like, you know, they're together, but not together in a way. Yeah. Like I'm handling my business on my end. He's, he's taking care of it on 
his end too. Right. Like, but I don't know. It's kind of like this convoluted story that doesn't need yeah. to be this. Right. <laughs> exactly. Like they they basically should just do their own thing, and then let's say Seth Rollins gets a, a major victory, and everybody's yeah. in the back celebrating, and Becky's there. Right. And they just acknowledge, yeah, Becky and Seth are together and she's supportive of him and vice versa. If she gets a big win and they're in the back and they cross paths, they would acknowledge each other. That's fine. Or when Seth got got destroyed and Becky went into the ambulance uh, to to be by his side when he got destroyed by by Brock Lesnar. Yeah. Like that, too. I was totally. Oh, yeah. That was cool because that made sense. Like, all right, we know they dating. So. If he's hurt, yeah, Yeah. she would be there. Like, it just makes sense. You know, but for it to be like, now we're going to have whole storylines where it's going to be, you know, Seth and Becky doing all of this together on screen. Like, I don't know. I feel like the way it's starting out, at least, it feels, uh, it doesn't feel great. And looking at them. It feels forced. That's why. Yes. (laughs) It It feels forced. And it feels like Becky also just, you can almost read it on her face like, She's not super comfortable with this. Yeah. You know, that's a good call out right there. Yeah. Like you can see it. You can see it. Like she's just, she's, she's trying to be a company woman and like, you know, do this because that's what they're, that's what's in the script basically. Yeah. But you know, she just doesn't seem comfortable. Seth, I feel like is, is doing a better job of seeming more comfortable with it, but I don't, I don't totally buy it for either of them that they're actually comfortable with with doing this storyline as they're doing it yeah. and having their relationship be so much a focal point of what what they're what they're doing right now. Yeah, because the way they're trying to tell this story doesn't seem natural. Like, exactly. Like, you know, certain instances like you mentioned about when he got destroyed by Brock and Becky Lynch's scene back there and back in the ambulance. Like, yeah, all right, that makes sense. That's cool. But this is I was like, all right, what are we doing? Like this feels forced. Like we don't need to do this, you know. And, right. we'll, and we'll talk about it on Monday night for Monday Night Raw. You know what they set that up for for Extreme Rules now. Oh boy, yeah, we'll get into that for sure. Yeah, um, but yeah, I guess just this cap stomping ground. Like so, that ending. On on one hand, I love the shot of seeing the Raw Women's Champion and the the uh, Universal. Universal champion together side by side, you know, and them kind of, and then they're in a real life relationship and we get to see that on display in, in, a, in a way, you know, but I feel like it, it made me kind of just uh, like, I'm, I'm not excited. I'm worried about where they're <laughs> going with it all, you know, at the same point. So it just, it just kind of felt like it, it, it ended the show on a question mark. Yeah. You know, like I just, I, I'm, well, there, I don't know, I'm just there's a lot of possibilities where can they go? And we'll talk about that, you know, for, I think they'll follow into, well, for Monday Night Raw and SmackDown. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I guess if you were to give this pay per view a grade overall, uh, what would you give it? A C plus. And I'm being generous. Man, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm being generous with that C plus. Maybe a C minus now I think about it. Yeah, I feel better with the C minus. I'll just I'll just give it a C. a C. I'll just give it a C. I feel like it was I gotta average. put like, a minus in there just to you yeah. know, because of the the certain the certain matches didn't make sense, like Drew and you know, 
even the first match with Becky Lynch and Lacey Evans, how, you know, the chemistry didn't seem off with the finish. So, yeah, C minus. Well, I'm not going to count the, you know, uh, the 205 Live matchup in this really because it's pre-show. That's not officially part of, of Stomping Grounds, right? So we look at it. Becky Lynch and Lacey Evans was pretty average, but the finish was not great. Then you had uh, Owens and Sami Zayn beating uh, Biggie and Xavier Woods. Okay, that was a good one. So yeah. then you got one good and one okay. And then you got Ricochet and Samoa Joe, which I felt like the match itself was good, but then the ending I felt like kind of hurt Joe, so I'm mixed on that one. Then you got Daniel Bryan and Rowan versus Heavy Machinery, which I thought was a really good match, yes. right? So it's like a back and forth, right? You have one good, one eh, one good, one eh. Then we go back <laughs> again, and it's kind of like, you know, the women's uh, SmackDown Women's Championship match, Bailey and Alexa Bliss. Eh, it was filled up like, eh. <laughs> Roman Reigns and Drew McIntyre, which was like, oh, oh damn, no, nah, that one. Hell way no. Down. <laughs> Kingston and Dolph Ziggler, man. <laughs> Corbin, just the ending was yeah. really conflicting. So yeah, I, I'd say at best I'm giving it a C. I think your grade of probably C minus is probably more the more correct, uh, if not even lower than that. The way I just went through that, I wouldn't be surprised if someone said D plus or or even a right. D. Right? Yeah. There were a lot more negatives, it seems, than there were positives in right. this whole pay per view. Just like we, we just, like we just try to view, you know, we just try to talk about the positives as a podcast, you know. Right. We got we got to work with what we what we got. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So I'll say overall, I felt very like it, to me it was a very average show. So I'm gonna get, go C, but I like your score a little bit better than mine. <laughs> you know, I was C minus. So because I was like, I said C plus. I was like, what the hell. I, and I'm, I'm thinking as I'm talking, I'm like, uh, I don't feel right like that. I'm C minus. Right. Yeah. <laughs> minus. It is decided. There you go. C minus. C minus, the official collection wrestling podcast grade for Stomping Ground. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, that's going to do it for the Stomping Ground recap. Uh, we're going to have our raw recap up next. Uh, but for now, that's going to do it for this one. So for Devin, this is a feast. We will catch you next time. Peace. All right, guys, thanks for listening to the Clark Street Wrestling Podcast.